from 88.7 FM WXDU Durham and available via podcast on the World Wide Web. This is Shooting the Bull, your weekly survey of what's happening in the Bull City, brought to you by the voices of the Durham blogosphere. The opinions expressed on this program belong to the individuals expressing them and do not necessarily reflect those of WXDU or Duke University. Good evening, folks. I'm Kevin Davis with BullCityRising.com. I'm Barry Reagan. I write at dependablereaction.blogspot.com. Welcome to Shooting the Bull for Thursday, August 6th. 2009. Glad you can be uh, be here with us tonight here in Durham, just before the, the heat wave comes in and settles upon us. Uh-huh. We have uh, we have a special guest tonight, Donald Long, uh, the director of Durham Solid Waste Management uh, Department, will be joining us uh, shortly, and we'll be talking about the new uh, recycling bin rollout and, uh, and and other solid waste issues. You had some you had some breaking news on your blog today, Kevin. Yeah, it was uh, it was really good news. You know, I got an email from a reader yesterday saying, "What's going on with construction down at King Sandwich Shop?" And it was the first I'd heard of it. So, you know, delving into the the Registry of Deeds records and LLC filings and all those things, and went by today and spoke with some of the folks working on it. Uh, if, if folks who are listening haven't heard of King Sandwich Shop, this was a an institution really from after World War II all the way until late in two thousand seven. It's right next to uh, Man Bites Dog Theater. Mm-hmm. Right across from the new Durham Athletic Park, or the, the sorry, the old, the old. renewed, renovated Durham Athletic Park, uh, and uh, it, it, the family business closed, but uh, TJ and uh, Maggie McDermott have uh, bought the place and are working with Rob Emerson, a local designer who's a sweat equity partner in the business, to uh, get this back up and running. It'll again be hot dogs, again be hamburgers, the fare that, that folks were used to, so... There, I'd be working. You said on, something about maybe some tofu dogs, or uh, well, they're going to bring like a little that. bit of veggie in there. I don't, well, I don't think there was much veggie in the old. Uh, any old any chance they'll be open for before the blues festival? You know, talking to Rob, they had hoped to be open before the blues festival, but they've they've had to replace the entire roof. I mean, they've had a lot of work to do. It's an it's an older facility, real small, only four hundred right. square feet. Uh, but they've got uh, they've got that to do. So they say they may go outside and do some some okay, cooking out the, on the, the grill. But right, because the changes in the blues festival this year, the blues festival moves to one day. From uh, from two nights, it's going to be a, like a twelve hour affair, I think, from noon to midnight on mm-hmm. uh, on on the Saturday, and you will have in and out privileges. So if you want to leave the ballpark to get a bite to eat, it would be really nice if uh, if those guys uh, if those guys are cooking. Well, well, it's great to see the activity in this part of Durhamberry. We've got full steam brewery going up on Rigsby. You've got the yoga, CrossFit uh, coming down down Gear Street, Man Bites Dog Theater, Claymakers, which stayed open. Uh, Durham when Central there was some Market worry. will eventually find a home there. We hope. Exactly. So even in the midst of this recession, uh, you know, things are, are going. And, and in fact, speaking of which, on the blog tomorrow, I have some photos of Dos Peros, which is uh, days away from, from hopefully opening up its doors. But another new restaurant downtown. So Durham is uh, as best it can through a recession. We should, to we should do on. a shooting the bull pub crawl. We should do that once once the you know once September maybe October rolls around uh, we should do a shooting. This will be after the show, not yeah, before yeah, the show. Absolutely, yeah, maybe <laughs> even on Saturday. Let's uh, let's let's keep that let's keep that thought in mind. Now, speaking of getting outdoors, Barry, you were talking about uh, National Night Out. I guess you and your neighborhood had a chance to to Tuesday, get out and enjoy Tuesday it. night. I, I just wanted to ask if you if if um, you know I, I'm in Duke Park. We had a National Night Out celebration over on Avondale Drive, um, which is uh, one of the more neglected roads in uh, in in our neighborhood, and it was really great because there's a, there's a piece of land. And maybe half an acre, maybe a little bit more uh, on, on the corner of Avondale. And we had 60-some people with over a dozen um, toddlers running around. And this is a piece of land that we want to turn into a park. Um, it's a little too small. It's under the city's radar. They have no intention of uh, turning it into a park. So we're going to have to mobilize community support and, uh, and acquire the land. The city actually owns the land. It's zoned for community service. 
is, is how it's zoned. Um, they actually own about 85% of the land. There's a small sliver of land that is privately owned by one of our local landlord companies. And uh, we'll see if, uh, if, we can, if we can acquire that, and we'll see how it goes. And we'll keep, we'll keep you posted over the next two and a half years of my life as I bang my head against the wall trying to create a park in my neighborhood. But did you, uh, did you guys have a national night out in, uh, over in Trinity Park? You know, I don't believe we actually had a national night out in Trinity Park. We're actually working on, a, uh, on an event this September when the students come back. It'll be kind of a, uh, a family and neighbors event, but also inviting students in, maybe bring some music in, try and get a food truck well, I've got or two some by. baby oil left over. Maybe I can donate that oh. for your very, very, very. Ye of, ye of little faith. Come on, we're trying to, to engage with the students, not get the students back in the national press again. I, I, think, I think that would be a wonderful way to engage. <laughs> <laughs> there was some engaging going on with, uh, with the baby oil party. But again, positive neighborhood relationships, Barry. Well, good. I hope, that, I hope that works out. Invite me to it. I'd like to come by and uh, Only if take you don't some bring, photos from my blog. <laughs> Only if you don't bring the baby oil. <laughs> Folks, you're listening to uh, Shooting the Bull here on WXDU 88.7 FM Durham. I'm Kevin Davis. I'm Barry Reagan. And and, you know, folks, um, back in July, about uh, four weeks ago now, um, the Durham Solid Waste Department initiated a number of changes in uh, the way it interacts with its customers. Um, recycling became a, a, a biweekly event, and we went from having a small 20-gallon carry bins to 90-gallon rollout bins. All of our recyclings put into one uh, one bin and sorted elsewhere down the Single line. stream, I think, is Single the term. Single stream is the, is the technical term. Donald Long, the director of solid waste management, is here to talk about uh, talk about that program and talk about you know how it's worked and how it hasn't worked over the past month. Donald, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Barry and I think Mike Shiflett were two of the first good citizens of Durham to welcome me to Durham in my first week here. And then when the yard waste facility caught on fire. Are they the first people to pat me on my back and say sorry about that? <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> All in the name of timing. And actually, hopefully we can we can touch some on the yard waste uh, program and the, the uh, re-permitting process that, that the city's going through. But, of course, Donald, we want to start with the recycle bins. They've gotten a lot of attention. Um, what is the current status at this point of getting bins out there, getting pickup, whether it's recycling, the, the new days, the bulky, uh, uh, bulky items pick up, yard waste uh, for, for home pickup. What's, uh, what's done at this point, and what are you guys still tweaking? We had roughly 64,500 carts to deliver, and we had about a 3.3% error uh, rate there, and that's not too bad. The company that did it, Auto... Uh, cart company out of Charlotte, they are accustomed to having a 2% error rate, so they were, they went over their standard. And part of the reason that they went over their standard is they came here and they used a temporary service rather than what is their norm of bringing their own workforce from around the country, which is what they're accustomed to doing. But they spread themselves a little thin this time because they had uh, other cities already uh, queued up to work for it because they did ours. They got us in their queue kind of quickly. Mm -hmm. um, we were late in asking them could they come and do it, and for them to fabricate 64,500 carts and get a delivery schedule, that was kind of ambitious, and they needed a couple more weeks, and I pushed them to come on and get it done, and they really did the best they could. and. Um, uh, they did a pretty good job in doing 
doing the job that they did as quickly as they could. Uh, right now, the major part of the effort is done. There are still a few very, very small pockets left. Um, and, I, and, and when I say very small, I mean very small, as in a house here and a house there or a block here and a block there. And most of those segments of people who, for one reason or another, either have not called or they haven't succeeded in getting through to us. And I'm urging people to give Durham one call a call or give us a call in solid waste. And we can, we'll get you a, a cart the same day. I'll, I'll try to save um, save you a couple of phone calls, and uh, and and let you know right now that um, that the the block of Roxborough Street between Knox and Markham, which is served by the alleyway that runs between Roxborough and Mangum Street, none of the folks there except for one house who actually called a city council member um, after not getting any uh, success from calling one call has uh, none of those houses have received carts and I don't believe that the um, that the multifamily dwelling at the corner of Mangum and Markham has uh, either because I see the blue carry you know the, the the square bins are still full and they've been sitting out at the curb for the last two or three weeks so so um, that 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 hopefully because and I know that a lot of people from my neighborhood are listening tonight because this was a huge topic of discussion on our on our listserv so those folks you know I'm, I'm, I'm watching you back so, so so Donald coming back a bit to, to what what has you know maybe contributed to some of this uh, I know in some of the communications you've you've put out uh, and that the city's put out it's been mentioned and the Herald Sun mentioned that this was on a fairly aggressive time frame uh, done quicker than uh, might have been otherwise. Uh, some maybe an attempt to try and you know help us out for this budget year because the city is sa- is projecting saving money through this approach. Um, do you think that was you know, how much of that contributed to this in terms of trying to to kind of accelerate the time frame? That contributed a lot to it because um, as you may well know, we were a contracted service and if we had waited until the September October time frame as we at first thought we would, we would have had to pay that contractor a couple more months. Hmm. So that was, that was a pretty pretty big savings for us. So that was a huge factor in us trying to push forward to, to get that done like that. So, so I'll raise the question I've had, because you know, like Barry, I've heard of some of the, the, the bits and pockets. I, most of the ones I've heard of seem like they've been resolved. But, but my bigger question has come around the public communication, which I, I know is a partnership with uh, the, the, the folks within City Hall who help put out press releases and get, get media attention on stories. I know when I first heard back in, I guess, late May, early June, that we were going to do this July, early July, mid-July, go live, my first thought was, this is an incredibly complex change to communicate in that you know, so many people are having their pickup days changed, the nature of bulky trash changes, yard waste changes, you've got the new bin, the biweekly schedule. I, I can't think of something in my time in Durham that's one of those everyday services everyone uses that's changed so much in such a short period of time. And I guess the question that, that I'll ask is, why not just, if we're doing something like that, communicating up front, look, folks, this is this is a really big, complex change. We know we're going to have some snafus. It's going to save you money. It's going to be better for the environment. Do you think that, that some of the angst that was being heard from citizens and the, the calls to one call and the calls to council would have been easier if you just tried to get ahead of the story a bit? Well, I thought I thought that was my game plan. I thought I did that. Uh, we made trips around to all the PAC meetings. We made trips around to civic organizations. We um, did articles in newspapers. We did 
uh, public service announcements on the uh, city's website and on the city's TV show. We did mailings in the water bill. We put the um, the flower in the carts. We mm -hmm. did everything we could think of, and we were about to go to phase two of a new public education uh, blitz in order to further get the word out because we know now that there are just some people that did not get the word. The, where we're falling short now is the next day service events, and the next day service events are the, the bulky pickup and the yard waste. A lot of people are not aware that the bulky pickup and the yard waste programs are collected the day after their regular trash is. A lot of people are not aware mm. that that's the way that's done. And then, of course, they come out to the street, they pull their garbage from back, and they say, oh, look at that solid waste. They forgot my, my yard waste. Exactly. And in the spirit of trying to do good customer service, we're trying to go back and tell people, well, that's not the way it's done. We're going to give you a courtesy pickup this time mm -hmm. since you went through the trouble of picking it up, uh, of putting it at the curbside. So we're going to give you a courtesy pickup. But at some point, we're going to have to say, okay, folks, these are the rules. We have disseminated the information as much as we possibly can, and we have not established yet exactly when that cutoff mm -hmm. is. It might possibly be September 1st. But at some point, we're going to have to say we're going to cut this off at this point. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it correctly, we're going to have to start sending little friendly warning tickets and then maybe at, at the end of September, those little warning tickets might start be to be small fines. Why not just put like a post-it note or a piece of tape on the bin when they come by and do the computer note that just sort of says, "Yeah, we've seen you. We'll be back tomorrow." I mean, would that? Do you think that would help? Or what? What's going to go into your phase two education campaign? At, well, well, we're going to do something very similar to little. They're going to be a little more. A little better than a little <laughs> post-it notes, but they are going to be something that they can stick on the cart. They can take off the cart and put it on their refrigerator door if they want to, on their garage door if they want to. But it's going to be something that they can post somewhere just to remind them this is what's going on and this is and this is when it's happening. Mm. Okay. You know, it's going to be a sticker to remind them that this is what's going on. We're also going to do some more television ads and we're going to do some more newspaper ads. Walk me through a little bit of the process, say for bulky items. This is one of the one of the things that has changed. Um, formerly, bulky items before this year was a request and a, and a fee base. You had to pay an extra fee if you wanted to have a refrigerator or a, or, or a piece of furniture that you were disposing of picked up by the city. Then, for a brief period of time, it became a once a month thing, um, and that was tied to the day of the week in which your trash was picked up. Now it's a weekly thing. And you're asking people, and I just found this out myself this week, and, and I consider myself to be relatively well-informed um, when it comes to the, you know, to, to the solid waste issues, that you bring your furniture that you want to dispose of out to the curb the same day as your regular pickup, and then it is logged. Right. And then the next day, um, one of the uh, oh, I can't remember what they call them now, but the big scoop trucks, knuckle booms, one of the knuckle booms will come back and, and pick them and pick up that that item. How does how does that logging work? Does does the driver have a computer in the truck and they enter it in there? You know, t Tell us exactly what happens and and how the next day people know where to go. OK, once you put your put everything you have at the curbside, 
let's say you're a family that is you participate in the yard waste program you have a bulky item you know you you've got the whole nine yards all the services that we offer and let's say you're a monday pickup and you put everything out uh sunday night for monday morning here's what happens the regular trash driver comes by your house and he collects your trash he has um, a computerized gadget in his truck about the size of a television remote control and it's called the pinpoint geotech unit hmm. he pushes a button that button records what it is he sees it'll record brown cart it'll record bulky it'll record bulky um, yard waste it'll record trash cart not out it'll record cart blocked huh. it'll record a couple other things and that all goes against gps data to know where the truck is gps Very data nice. it's gps backed and at the end of the day when he goes in as he drives onto the lot he drives by an antenna he pushes a button a download button and all that information is downloaded to one of our central computers and it prints out a work order so the oh. next day the bulky trash and the bulky pickup drivers just go pick up a work order and they know exactly where to go to pick up so right now they may be going back out and finding someone's already pulled those items off the street they either already pulled them off the street or um, people are not aware of what's going on and other people have put stuff out not aware that they, it should have been out the day before and again in the interest of good customer service we're trying to collect everything right now but like i said we're going to have to establish a cutoff date probably se around mm -hmm. september 1st where we have to tell people the information <clears throat> has been put out there you have to adhere to the rules and regulations so we're not going to pick this up any, any longer this is when your pickup date is I want to change gears just a little bit, Donald, uh, around downtown. We actually had a, a, a reader write in about downtown solid waste pickup, which I know you all have been working with, the PAC-5 district, Partners mm -hmm. Against Crime District 5 in downtown, to try and uh, make some changes there. Downtown, 15 years ago, there weren't many people living downtown. Um, you, you have the, the challenges of uh, do people put things in collection points? They roll carts to the street. How frequent is the, the pickup? All these questions. What's, what's the latest on the planning for, uh, for downtown? Uh, downtown trash pickup uh, I have called all around the state I've called out of state mixed use development trash pickup is probably the most difficult thing there is in any city in the country mm. anywhere At Charlotte, Raleigh, Winston-Salem Greensboro everybody is wrestling with mixed use trash pickup everybody has something a little different that they do we went to uh to baltimore to see how they're handling handling the problem because baltimore has a very 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 extensive mix mixed use development hmm. in their harbor area and what they have done is their their version of their downtown development group they have gotten their merchants to to like allowed to be taxed for it and they have 
they have their own workforce, sort of like mm -hmm. and every day at certain times they know to put bags out on the street and they they disappear within a half an hour. And you know, while I can't do that with my workforce, what we have done is, like you said, we we have established drop-off points with stationary containers and we try to keep them empty hmm. so people will know but still there are that might be okay for businesses but there are some residents who say I don't want to walk that far off a bag and so w the, w with those folks if they have a place to put a cart you know we'll let them have a cart and uh, we will collect them it and, and it, it's a problem that we are slowly but surely solving. We're, we're working very closely with the um, downtown development folks, and um, it's, it's not a, it's not an easy problem to solve. Uh, it's a very very on the surface it might it might seem real easy to solve, but. It's really not because mixed-use development, because of city ordinances, hmm. what we are allowed to do for businesses sure, and what we might not be allowed to do for <laughs> residences, mm -hmm. but then you have a building here where the first floor there are businesses and then everything above the business residences. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm hard-pressed to ride by that building and see a business here and I'm not allowed to do for this business what I'm doing for the people upstairs. Right. So. Somebody on city council a few years back pushed to get rid of that uh, that, res that business free dumpster pickup. I uh, think I heard that yeah. story a few months ago. Well, you know, other other parts other parts of the country do have long histories of that kind of development and I'm sure there are there are models out there that can be looked at. We're we're kind of, you know, late to the game on that. I do want to backtrack um, uh, a little bit. And, and I have to say, um, uh, in, in all honesty, I'm a little concerned to hear uh, at this time that the city would think about um, maybe issuing citations to people on the bulky item pickup for, you know, leaving stuff out or getting stuff out at the wrong time when we have not quite figured out how to get the, how to get the bulky items picked up when they're supposed to. And, and I know you and I talked very briefly before we went on, on the air. I know there were a number of, um, of say, pieces of furniture in, in the vicinity of the studios that I passed every day for, for two or three weeks and uh, that weren't picked up for, for a long period of time. I think if you're going to get into a situation where you're issuing warning citations and then following them up down the road with, um, with, with possibly financial penalties to people who, who violate um, um, our trash pickup ordinances, that you need to have your ducks probably a little bit more in a row um, as far as getting things picked up the, the day that they are supposed to be picked up? And, and what do you see, um, you know, what is the success rate of getting this data collected, getting the, the work orders generated, and then actually getting the drivers, you know, to dispatch properly to, to follow up on the, on the work orders? Where is that right now, and where do you see that being in, say, you know, six or eight weeks from now? The success rate right now on that, I would say, is about 80%. And the reason it's about 80% right now is simply because we're riding around trying to make sure we are picking up the stuff of the people who are not following the rules and regulations. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not ready to go out and start writing citations for anybody right now. You are you you are one hundred percent right. I have got to have everything in order before I start charging anybody a dime for anything. Mm -hmm. 
I have got to be 100% correct in making sure that everything is running smoothly. I doubt very seriously if you will see the first citation before November, uh, uh, the November time frame. Hmm. And that gets into the lease season. And that's why I'm targeting that period of time because we're going to be too, too busy to be able to, to do backtracking at that point. Do, are there any plans to change the way we pick up um, yard waste in the fall season? Uh, I know there's a, we're a city of oak trees. Um, there are oak trees everywhere, and there are leaves everywhere. Not everybody picks them up. A lot of people blow them into the street. Nobody um, has any accountability for those at that point. And we don't, as far as I know, have a program for removing those from the seat, from the street. We just let them go into the storm drains and into the creeks. Do we have a plan you know, to modify the way we pick up solid waste and in in, I mean, yard waste in the future? We used to talk about having the, getting leaf vac trucks. And um, I've had some conversations with you before right. about getting leaf vac trucks. We actually had one or two as a, as a pilot program. It, it, well, not the actual leaf vac trucks. We had some leaf vacs that we modified and put on the back of pickup trucks, and, okay. and it worked rather well. But unfortunately, that, that division that does that is now in the Public Works Department. They're not in our department anymore. And... Um, I did put in my budget about two years running to get some leaf vat trucks. Uh, leaf vat trucks are expensive. And in order for me to get enough leaf vat trucks to schedule, like you said, we're a city of oaks and maples and pecan trees and things like that. In order for me to get enough uh, leaf vat trucks to service Durham, and it's not good business to buy a whole bunch of trucks all at one time. You like mm. to spread them out because if you buy them all at one time, you got to refresh all, them all at once. They all yeah. break, break down at one time. time. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's really too bad that, yeah. that between like here in the mountains or here in I'm thinking of New England where you know you see the the leaves change down a down a climate grade. Exactly. It's too bad there aren't these roving bands of leaf vac trucks that go town to town <laughs> further south picking up your leaves. Migrant, it, migrant leaf picker. <laughs> if you can afford it, it's a good business for you to get into. Uh, maybe so. <laughs> Well, speaking speaking of yard waste, Donald, and thank you by the way for coming on and answering our questions. We we do have just a few minutes left. Uh, at your at your solid waste uh, ten year plan open house this week, I learned from uh, one of your staff that the yard waste. The good news is the yard waste uh, uh, permit is expected to be back in hand, hopefully by the the start of of the year, you know, and be able to to start having uh, yard waste composting here again. But there's this crazy scheme that it sounds like we're having to do to uh, build hills over by the wastewater treatment plant, dump the, the yard waste out, let the runoff bring the nutrients to ponds, and pipe it in through the wastewater system. What's, what's the story on this? Well, well the, the crazy scheme is a done deal. <laughs> we, we, we have already a- adhered to, to Diener's construction plan. We, we do have our construction permit. And if you don't mind, I'm going to finish my thought about those trucks. Sure, sorry. We would have to get between 10 and 15 trucks, yard waste, uh, uh, um, fat trucks in order to service Durham. But to get back get back to that, and they cost around $110,000 a piece. So, so yeah, and, and a half bucks. Yeah. yeah. So, to, but to get back to that question, um, Diener holds fecal matter contamination in very high regards. So... Their thing is the leaves that we collect off of your yard, you know, they figure in animals, 
use the bathroom in your yard, you know, birds, dogs, cats, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So there must be some fecal contamination in them. So what they want to make sure of when we make big piles of these and it rains, they want to make sure the water runoff is not towards any creeks or rivers or anything like that. And so we had to build a very expensive holding pond that we have to pump ever so often in order for us to have a yard waste facility. Although on the flip side, if you have another fire, you got water right there. <laughs> I would not have another fire. <laughs> how, how, did, how does that how does that compare to other cities? Uh, this is I mean this is the first time I've ever heard of of something like that. My understanding was that if you have a good compost pile going, you're getting um, hot enough temperatures in there to take care of any um, you know of any bacteria that might be that might be an issue um, you know from from fecal matter. To the best of my knowledge, we were the first. In, municipality to come under this standard and when we started the reason it took us so long because if you were if you recall when I got here I got to work and starting to get it and it took us almost two and a half years to get it what took us so long was we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants when I would ask please just show me the regulations so we would know what to do there was nothing in writing you know mm -hmm. I would get tidbits from them. well do this and do that and we would submit, well, now you got to do this and now you got to do that until finally we finally got everything submitted and um, we got the permit. So as to how it compares to other cities, other cities either were grandfathered in that they already had an established facility. The reason we fell under those regulations is because we had the fire and they shut us down. Yes, we lost a we lost permit. Hmm. Had that permit not run out, we would not have been under such scrutiny. Well, you know, it's it's a, never a dull day, it seems, especially when uh, we're dealing with runoff. It's interesting to see that it's not just uh, development and the like having to deal with uh, with runoff concerns here in town. Are we, are we speaking of runoff, have we, we have run we have over, run overtime. Over our Don, time. thank you again for coming in. Our guest tonight's been Don Long, the director of Solid Waste for the and city of Durham. Thank you for having me. And if you want me back after this, <laughs> please just yeah. just 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 to recap, um, if you are one of those folks who still has not received one of the ninety gallon blue rollout bins, keep calling Durham one call five six zero twelve hundred, and you will get it eventually. I mean, just just keep calling, and that's the only way that these folks know that you have not received your 560-4186 if you were not able to hear that now we um we have a special outro music tonight in yep. honor of sun Ra. uh we our normal music by the way is by bull city the band here locally uh the song knock it down but uh we're gonna go out tonight with a song by sun Ra. sun Ra is um uh, is coming to town or at least his artwork is and on saturday uh, i believe at uh, 4 30 at durham central park there will be a parade so come on out and make some noise this is WXDU Durham. I'm Barry Raven, the writer of the Pendleton.